Hello and welcome to Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers podcast. Our goal at Owl Pellets is to help agriculture teachers like you find research-based solutions to the problems you face every day in the middle and high school classroom and as you advise your FFA chapters. Here you will find practical tips for your agriculture classroom and interesting information to incorporate into your teaching. We invite the best agricultural education faculty and researchers from around the country to come and talk with us and share what they have learned. The Owl Pellets crew is Kate Shoulders from the University of Arkansas, Marshall Baker from North Carolina State University, and me, Brian Myers from the University of Florida. For more information on Owl Pellets, please be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And visit our webpage at owlpelletsfrag.wordpress.com. Hey, Owl Pellets, this is Brian and Kate here by the Owl Pellet. We are still in beautiful Hot Springs, Arkansas, here at Camp Couchdale at uh, Arkansas FFA. Um, and we have a group of phenomenal ag teachers gathered with, around us here at the table, and Kate is still here, too. Um, unfortunately, Marshall Baker is not able to join us. Marshall, you're, uh, you, you've left a hole in our heart that you're not here with us, but we're glad that you've kept your pestilence to yourself uh, to do that. These teachers, we didn't even like bribe or anything to get in here. They came of their own free will. Yeah, don't, don't look at the rising. They start blinking SOS. That's really not it. They're like, <laughs> help me, help to do that. Um, so today, before we get started, we're going to talk about the topic. We're going to talk about the formality of state convention, which is best for students. Now, I'd like to give some background here for why No. This. <laughs> yes, please do so. Yes. Please, Kate. Thank you. Unless, Brian, do you want to do so? I would not. No? How, you don't know a ton about the Arkansas background <laughs> for a convention? No? So because we're here at um, the Teachers Conference in Arkansas, there's some history here and the State Director, Chris Backus, asked for us to discuss this topic this week. So um, obviously, you, you the teachers here, you guys thought this was an important topic because you all are uh, voluntarily here. I'm, I'm gonna assume maybe a couple of you that were driving, driving by your friends. Just, yeah, just everyone. Just one or two. Um, so the so convention until state convention for FFA until the past year until this past year has been held at this FFA camp. Um, any of you all want to describe? Brian, this is your first time at FFA camp. Let's hear a little description. Anybody else hear that train that keeps trying to throw me under? <laughs> um, it's an FFA camp. It's a great camp. There's some, you know, there's there's buildings, cabins for there. There's pavilions. You know, there's a a center that you can go for the big meeting room and that sort of thing. So it's a it's a nice camp. It's it, a really it's, nice camp. It's a campground. You know, it, not a campground, but it's a it's a a youth a youth camp where you go from there. So on a I don't know how many acre property. There's a lake out there, and so yeah. I, I have not been in the cabins yet, so I don't know what those the cabins They're are. They're really nice yeah. cabins. Unless you're in the dungeon. It's a little little down the there. The dungeon. The dungeon. Well, right the, the basement of the cafeteria. Yeah. It's underneath. It's, it's right underneath us. Is it? It's basically, you know, like we watch the movies barracks. of like either Pretty army much. barracks or like the big huge prison, like Four where they used to house ten. them, like yeah. okay. rows and rows of bunks. That's, That's what it exactly is. where but I want to be changing into official dress and feeling like I'm going to be a future leader of the nation. 
right from an army budget. We just put the boys there. We put the boys yeah, there. Boys okay. yeah. Well, that's a totally separate conversation yeah. <laughs> for another day about uh, how, how men and women are treated differently. Yeah, but then we're going to talk about that another day. Yeah, so we have, we have a lot of podcasts coming up on where are the boys, and so now we've answered that question. Where are the boys? <laughs> so we're not going to record that one now. Check. We're saving time here, people. So this year, convention was for the first time held in a um, convention center at the Hot Springs Convention Center. And um, I don't know about you all as teachers, particularly younger teachers, um, what you all's experiences with, were, were with that. I saw, I heard and saw from different teachers like some positives and some real negatives about how that went. And so I think underlying all of that is what is best for students? How, as far as like the formality, having it at a place like a camp or having it at a place like a convention center. Now, yeah. um, Cody. Oh, sorry, we're gonna do introduction right. first, right? And I, and I think there, there is application here beyond just the state of Arkansas too. Um, because, you know, we talked about before when I was teaching high school, I just thought everybody, all FFA, Ag Ed was set the same way as we did in Illinois. That's where I taught. I kind of thought, you know, we're part of a national organization, so everybody does it the same. And then I had a chance to go do some traveling, different states, do some stuff, and I'm like, no, not at all. It's always, everybody does it, does it differently to do that. And I think there's, right now, we know of there are some state conventions that are held in high school auditoriums. That they, the, the big stage is up there, and that's where they have it to do that kind of stuff. Um, there's some that they, and some of, and some of their conventions are like one or two days. That's it. They go to school, they do it, they come from especially up in the northeast to do that. Some are held here. There are other ones that are held at MFA camps like this, and there are some that are held in hotel convention centers. And then there's the one we, you know, like, and then we have the one in Florida that is smoke and lights and. Yeah, and then there's Texas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Texas. Texas. Right So we have the, the various things. So there's a lot. I mean, I think we're going to talk about stuff in your experiences here in Arkansas because that's what you guys have here. But I think there's a lot of applicability to the other folks that are listening to this as well. So before we get into that, you guys can think about your stance on this and talk about how this works for, for teachers. But also, I think we want to be thinking, what is the purpose of the state convention? Why do we want to do it? Because if we're going to do the best thing for students, we've got to figure out what we're supposed to be accomplishing for that. But before we get there, let's just kind of introduce ourselves to everybody who's around the table. We'll start down here and go around and just tell us your name and where you're teaching. I'm Kayla Skelton at Emerson High School. Um, I'm Christina Smith and I teach at Hope. Cody Jenkins and I teach at Scranton. Mason Hudson and I teach at Moralton. Catherine Hudson and I teach at Heber Springs. Brittany Leak and I'm at Drew Central. Leanne Sharp and I'm at Hammer. All right, now back to the question. I'm curious, how many of you all here at the table, you guys have experienced convention at both places? Yes. 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 Anyone go to a convention ever at a different state? I have. Um, I taught in Oklahoma for two and a half years, so I got to experience um, state convention uh, in Oklahoma, and it, it was a different atmosphere for me because I personally when I grew up, I thought state convention was Camp Couchdale because um, you know I'm a high school graduate of Arkansas. So it was a really different experience to go from that camp setting to a big convention center setting. Um, it, it made it even bigger because there's more people in Oklahoma City. You know, we had Chesapeake Bay Arena right across the street. The Oklahoma City Thunder were playing one of the nights, and so it made parking a nightmare whenever you're trying to get all the buses in there. And you know, uh, the stadium was full. The major differences like that I, I, I've witnessed is also I've, I believe I've gone up to Mizzou and seen their state convention as well. It was real different seeing the old-fashioned just kind of camp 
background, which I like just because that's what I grew up with. You know, I enjoyed being, you know, we joked earlier about being in the dungeon, you know, being around this atmosphere, uh, hot and sweaty compared, yeah, hot and sweaty out here in the middle of hot springs where it can literally be so humid that it will actually start raining on you. Um, But with the way technology, the way kids are today, being in that big convention center is, I guess, more natural for kids. It's more exploration. They can hold a lot more people than the camp setting can see because we can be inside larger stadiums, which allow for, you know, a bigger crowd. And that's one thing that I really like about FFA because the kids, you know, they go back to their small little town. I'm from Scranton, you know. I have 38, 39, 40 kids in my FFA. But then they go to, like, bigger places like at Hot Springs this year, and I think we have, what, 17, 1900 kids all of a sudden. But then they go on to, in Oklahoma, where, you know, quite a bit more whenever they go to national conventions. There's a sea of other blue and gold kids there and I think that's what those bigger facilities really facilitate the kids about having and seeing a lot more people in that blue and gold jacket just like them. So what do you think that does for students seeing the what do you all think as far as like camp versus somewhere bigger with more students and more to see and it doesn't make a difference for them at all as far as the learning experience they get out of it? I feel like it made a difference with my kids definitely in one major aspect so here at Camp Cowstill, and I've sat through several meetings on it, but, you know, our facility here can only hold, what do they say, around 1,100, and so we, we just with that at convention, we, we exceeded that number, um, and so probably one of the most interesting parts was during a typical delegate session at Camp Cowstill, there's not space for any other student that's not a delegate, so they're not getting to see um, the candidates give a speech and they're not getting to see what it takes to run for state office and and how um, accepting we are when you mess up and cheering each other on and getting mm-hmm. through that and the process of how that parliamentary procedure actually works but when we're at the convention center there was space for that and so not only was the floor entirely full with delegates but also like the first half of all of the sections mm-hmm. the back half and so we probably had three or four hundred more kids and they're actually watching the process. And so, you know, I had students that had never even mentioned that that was a possibility to them. When we left and we went to the hotel, they were like, so what does it take to run for state office? Yeah, but, yeah. and this was like their third convention, but they, you know, it was usually our delegate and the rest of them went outside because there was no space because time their parents come and watch them and their ag teachers were in the back there was no room for them. So that was one positive that I noted was that it's, it uh, is allowing for some more of that growing ability for our students. I'm kind of piggyback on what, you're, what you said. I feel like it had a lot more of a convention feel. When you were in there, you were actually getting to see what was going on. There wasn't, you weren't staring at the back of somebody's head in the very back of the Fletcher Center. You were able to actually sit, see everything that was going on. And I felt like my kids personally actually knew who was running. And like they were able to put a face with the name and kind of be able to go, oh yeah, I, I remember him and he was at one of the ALCs or whatever. It wasn't just you were hearing somebody in the very back of the room talking. They were able to kind of relate to the state officer a little more and get a little more of a relationship almost built up with that. So. Some of what I hear you all saying actually goes right along with um, what's called the theory of planned behavior, 
And it's this notion that like if you reduce, if you show students or anyone that there's like an overall attitude about like how how you feel about this, right? Like for so let's talk about that example. Like if a student is like, man, I think it'd be really cool to run for state office, and there's a social norm that doing that is cool, right? Like mm -hmm. that would be a positive thing to do. And the third aspect of that is uh, this per perceived behavioral control. Right? How likely do I, how much do I feel like I am in control of being able to do that? Does that feel like I'm able to, to take that step and, and do that behavior? And um, Brittany, kind of what I hear you saying is this idea that like, that was a mysterious behind closed doors process that no one saw because there just wasn't enough room for anyone to see it. Suddenly you show them what that looks like and kind of lay that process out for them where they can watch it through and suddenly that shifts their um, thoughts about whether or not they can follow that behavior and start thinking, man, this is something that I'd want to do and um, can really shift their ideas of whether or not those leadership qualities are something that they have and, and taking that action into leadership that they um, may have previously been like, uh, I, don't even, I don't know anything about it, I'd be you know, up the creek without a paddle, I think I'll skip it. Right, it feels much more attainable now. I think mm -hmm. the mystery is gone from that, which is super yeah. cool. What about some um, negatives? Because I heard some, but I'm curious what you all thought. Did you did you see? And and I will I'll I'll say this, although this is totally anecdotal. We've got a pretty young group around the table, and most of the um, granted they were uh, legitimate concerns, but most of the concerns that I heard were from older teachers. So do you did you all see or hear any of those? I think. Probably one thing that I noticed more than anything is that the students and the teachers, since it was the first year, I guess, we, or they, because it wasn't me, but they, <laughs> they, they continued the relaxed atmosphere and the relaxed dress code of camp. I'm going to high five you and took that to a more formal and professional setting and it looked really out of place. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it, we had the setting that was more similar to a national convention or maybe a bigger state convention and we still had the, the relaxed dress code and the kids acting a certain way in a setting that they shouldn't be acting that way. It shouldn't be dressing that way. We should yeah. be enforcing even more since we're, you know, sprucing up our state convention and trying to be more formal and be more of a, a convention type and thing. More public, like more people can yes, see and definitely more public because we're out in the middle of hot springs and, and people see us, whereas at camp we were just contained yes, but one night when we actually got to go out and do something. Right. I always have this rule that if I um, if it's a possibility that I'm gonna get chiggers I'm not gonna dress up and so I think overall at camp everybody's kind of got that perception yes but if we're shifting to like a more professional atmosphere I think that kind of convention can give an opportunity for you to show students that otherwise would not have that I mean how many of them you think I've never been to a convention center before. Never been to a hotel a lot. I have a that did, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it gives you an opportunity to really show them how, this is what leaders do. This is what leaders look like, right? This is where, if you become a leader, this is where you could go. But kind of what you're saying, that takes maybe a shift, not just in setting, but in our expectations. Yeah. Well, students something and that, I mean, I remember as a ninth grader coming to camp, and they had, like, 
quote unquote police officers at the door checking mm-hmm. you, like, where's your scarf? Mm-hmm. You know, and I know that that's 14 years ago now. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> you know, like, Don't worry, you're not the even, in the room no, right here. but, you know, like, even, even as a ninth grader, like, I remember my ag teacher sitting us down and, like, we were just going to compete. Like, we weren't even here for the week. But he was like, Every one of you has an needs to have an extra credit this, an extra credit that, because they are not going to let you in the door unless you have that. And if you, we used to have buttons for every convention. If you didn't have that button, you were not coming in the door. And it's just like that was pretty standard their high school. And then when I went to college and was a break from Capstone and then came back as a teacher, things had kind of shifted. You know, people were wearing shorter skirts than we ever would have been thought to allow to be on the bus with and guys were wearing ball caps and untucked shirts and so I think it's just slowly become a trend at camp over the years and you know even though we are young I think all of us in this room have a lot of our foundations on the traditions of how we were raised yeah and we we went into ag teaching with the same expectation that we were given and so it, it, you know, it's kind of sad to us to see that it is not where it used to be. We still have that same passion for mm-hmm. keeping it correct. And I agree. I think a lot of it that when you look out and you see a lot of kids that are dressed to the T and look good, it does a lot for the convention feel. It makes them feel like this is a convention. Now, if you have that same group over here and the teachers that want to hold that up and you have half half a handful over here that are dressed like they came off the street it kind of makes it really not look like a convention in my opinion it makes it look like anybody can come it should feel like an ffa convention that you know they're here to do business they're not here just to have fun and i feel like having a formal type wear for that rod and everything is important and making sure that it looks good for our kids because when I put on OD as, as a high school student, it was for a reason. Right. We didn't just put it on just to go eat ice cream. And there were some <laughs> people that I felt like did that at State Convention. And you know, it kind of, I feel like if we need to go toward that more convention setting that we are going toward, we need to hold the kids to a level that they feel like they're at a convention. We need to put it out towards the ag teacher, put it on yes. the ag teachers yeah. that official dress will be enforced I so agree, that 100%. we can enforce it we can have courtesy court enforce it mm-hmm. we can yes. go, you yeah. can't come in here right. not an official dress well and you remember a couple yes. years ago they did that parody it was the i'm so fancy the state officers yes. yes. but it was like don't show up tacky to convention we're not letting you in and they dressed up with examples of what not to wear mm-hmm. and yeah. pushed that on social media mm-hmm. and i have to say that's probably one of the most appropriate years of dress that we had you know because mm-hmm. kids relate to that and so yeah, I mean, I showed it in my class. I like parodies, and so mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, definitely, it's got it's got to go back to the accountability of the ag teacher because they're the ones that are allowing them to get on the bus or the van to come. And I so, saw some ag teachers that had their dress code was questionable to me. Yeah. Well, now you're into. I feel this is a podcast that y'all are going to do, but I feel like we're professionals, mm-hmm. and we are in charge of these students, and it's our job to give an example to them of what a somebody in a profession a professional person should act like should dress like especially in a formal setting of a convention 
Well, a lot of clubs actually, they're ag teachers, or they're te not ag teachers, but their teachers have some type of uniform too mm -hmm. uh, for official opportunities. And I think I wouldn't mind having something like that where, you know, it's very evident that that's an ag teacher, not just a parent watching. Wow. Uh, I, I know. had not, I did not. I had get that question yeah. all the time. The kids are like, well, why don't you have to wear a yeah, dress? Yeah, and I definitely wouldn't mind wearing like khakis and a blazer or something. I mean, oh, right. we, we have a lot of something. Yeah, but we enforce official dress for our students. We're not wearing it. We're wearing like what I'm wearing now instead of, you know, we're making our kids put on pantyhose, heels, and a skirt. And Right, but what are our requirements? We're wearing shorts. That's like we've got a whole nother podcast tomorrow about um, whether ag teachers are treated as professionals and why or why not and how can we shift that. Now, I'm going to tell a little story on you, Catherine. Yeah. Would you believe, Brian, that numerous years ago when Catherine was one of my undergrad students, we had a dress like your ag teacher day? She dressed like me. Like khakis and a cardigan. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So, you know, listen to all this, and again, I. It's been pointed out several times that I'm the old guy in the room. It's just so easy. It is. It is. And I'm, I'm going to make it even easier yes. um, right now. Because I am. Because um, I, am I am quite certain, not only am I the only person that took kids here as an ag teacher, probably the only one that ever went to the convention there at the national level in Kansas City. And so I took, I took students as an ag teacher for two years to Kansas City for convention. And then that's when we, it had been it had been in Kansas City forever since then. I mean, it had never been anywhere else. And then we moved to Louisville, then Louisville. then to Indianapolis, and then back to Louisville. And Louisville then Kentucky, I held that one up for you. And then Louisville. back back there. But you know, it was very much talking to the ag teachers at that time about the difference of the convention feel. From where, because in, in Kansas City we were downtown, and there was a chance where the country kids were going in there. I mean, you saw city life, the hotels. You saw the homeless sometimes for the first time over there. You saw a few other things that were going on that may not have been on the right side of the law, but they had an opportunity to learn those things. You know, those kind of things. But you, you, you had that, that conversation. Yeah, state fair. We moved it to Louisville, and you had that. It was one contained site. And so I had a lot of teachers that said, hey, it was really great. You pulled the bus up. There's all kinds of parking. You open the door. You dump the kids out. You pick them up at the end of the day. But then a lot of times there was nothing else. You know, once you, you were there, you were there. It was that setting to do that. And so we're back to Indianapolis. We have a downtown area. We go back and forth to do that. I go through all that because I think this is a national question. But so from an education and a development standpoint, what is the purpose of a convention? What is the purpose of an FFA convention, whether that be state or national? What are we trying to, to accomplish? I made notes here? on this. She made notes because <coughs> we've already talked to this. Yeah, about we, this. We, we were, were all talking about this. So, go for it. Um, so, my first um, little point here is that, obviously, a state convention, we have to conduct state business. So, we use parliamentary procedure, we conduct it like a business meeting, but it's on the state level. So, if I were in another profession where I had a business meeting, um, you know, you have to present yourself in a certain way, you have to be professional, you can't go in there acting like a, a goofball. Um, are not dressed professionally and not have the right attitude um, to be conducting business. Um, and it may just be delegates conducting business, but whether or not, you know, spectators are conducting themselves as they should if they were just observing um, a business meeting. I think some of the kids still get to go to the state capitol and watch from, you know, the peanut gallery, mm -hmm. um, state business being conducted. Um, 
they're expected to dress a certain way, they're expected to act a certain way. I saw some girls that came in, it was during a delegate business session, they came in late first of all, which I don't feel like they should have been able to enter when business was being conducted. Um, I just, it just bothers me. But they were wearing t-shirts and shorts during a delegate business session, sat down on the same row as their act teacher. And I got hives. <laughs> like, that just bothers me. Um, that even though they were spectators, they weren't expected to present themselves in a professional manner. They came in late. It is a big convention center, so it didn't, didn't cause a big disruption, but it could have. Mm -hmm. You know, the pullout stairs and stuff, they make noise. And um, so I just thought that was a big deal. So number one, state business, for sure. We have to conduct that. That's one of the main goals. And I think with the Expo Center, um, with being able to um, bring more things in this year than we ever have had, um, it's set up more like national convention with all the colleges that come in, potential employers, um, our fundraising companies come in. Um, I feel like they get a chance to network with their peers. So if they're not busy, so say an ag teacher, some of you guys, y'all were judging, so your kids were kind of on their own. And they may not call it this. They were, you know, maybe trying to get the number of the cute girl that they saw. Um, but they're networking. They're talking to each other and they're, they're spending time getting to know um, people that they're potentially going to work yeah. around and with. Practicing um, being a professional. Yes. Well, it's just like those soft skills that we've yeah. lost anymore about being able to communicate with each other, and that's something that this gets everyone in the same room so, to do. not only peers, but they're networking with future employers. Yeah. Maybe they could go to work for one of the fundraising companies. I mean, I had a kid a couple of years ago that he could, you know, sell ice to a Eskimo. Um, so he would be perfect for sales. Um, and then there's colleges and universities and even technical schools that were there. So I had a kid come to me and say, hey, I met somebody um, from, used to be Nashville Auto Diesel College. She really wants to talk to you about coming to, to talk to some of us at our school. And that kid was a ninth grader. So he was out doing what he was supposed to. Um, he was networking and he talked to somebody from a technical school. and. Set a, set a time up for us to go and meet, for me to meet with the representative from um, this school. And to me, that's one of the biggest deals for these kids that don't, they're not gonna get to go to a big city. They're not gonna get to stay in a hotel. Um, so being in a one place where they can talk to all of like the colleges, they can figure out where they wanna go. I had kids um, in the past that have said, even when we were smaller, still at camp, they said, well, I met somebody from this school, and I think I really might think about going to school there. Mm -hmm. um, so I, th those are the two big things for me was the state business and then networking with a variety of, yeah. of people. Which, go ahead. That was one thing we discussed was kind of a negative to us as ag teachers is that, you know, we had, and I know it was the first year, but if we're going to talk about ways to change it and make it for the better, if we're going to continue with that venue, at camp, we had more of a networking opportunity between ag teachers. We we had more we had more time. We had an area that was ours that we could sit and talk about the colleges that were there and people that had come to our school. And we didn't have that place at the convention center. Um, it felt like we were, and, and you know, with adding district leadership, that did pull us quite a bit. Um, but. 
there was a lot of unorganized chaos going on and so I feel like if maybe if we can figure that out then maybe that'll relieve us a little bit and get keep things more on schedule and maybe have a place where we can go an ag teacher's corner where you can go and you can sit down with your friends and share a cup of coffee and talk about like well did you hear this speaker in this session did you meet with this college because all of us were at convention and the only reason I saw any of them is because we had to judge a room together. Sure. And that's, it's Arkansas Convention. Like, it's not mm -hmm. like, not every school in the state comes. I mean, there's not been a convention in the past where I haven't sat down and talked to them and seen them. And I didn't even know Christina came yeah. until this week. She was like, I didn't see y'all at all. And I was <laughs> like, what do you mean? You were there? She's like, yeah, I was oh, there. Yeah, I was like, always there. No. <laughs> yeah, and I think our kids too, they don't get to network quite as well at State Convention when it's in the Convention Center as they did here because they were in cabins together and they had the pavilion to hang out and and they were kicked out of the delegate sessions, which was not very good, but at the same time when they were outside, they were they were forced to mingle. They had nothing to do and there's no cell service. So right. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that was so, a plus to And they, they had talked about the possibility of like having like a a fun area you know like That's at nationals they have like the uh, armed forces set up like the obstacle courses and there's games to play mm -hmm. and stuff and so if even part of which it was really booked there were other mm -hmm. conventions going on but you know if we're going to fix it and we're going to make it the best for our students give them somewhere that if they don't they're not a part of what's going on they can go somewhere and they can network just like we can but I think that's where it all comes back to well-rounded students and providing them with opportunities because regardless wherever you're going in that direction for um, for the formality of convention and what that offers for students what I hear you all saying is it allows them opportunities right the whole goal is to provide students with opportunities and doing so in a more formal setting gives them an opportunity to practice doing something that they may not have had an opportunity to do elsewhere. So they have, this is my perspective now, they have an opportunity to come to camp, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know, and again, this is just me, not, I'm not representing the University of Arkansas right now, <laughs> but um, if they have an opportunity to come to camp already, I think it's a struggle for students. I, don't, I think we're missing an opportunity to help students see where they can go when we're saying, Look, if you wear the official dress and you try really hard and you become a big leader, you can go to Camp Couchdale, right? Like as opposed to where you see where big leaders go, like this is a convention center where they've got big important things that happen and I could see myself as a big important person, right? As opposed to seeing myself in the same place that I have camp in the summer. So I think it provides our students with an opportunity to see themselves and shift that identity if they have not yet done so, if their parents haven't given them an opportunity to do so, to take them somewhere where like, yep, some hotels have doors on the inside, right? Like, <laughs> that's a big deal. My I don't get outdoor hotel. Right? Some parents don't have that. I had one who's never seen an escalator before, and I lost him for probably about, don't tell anyone, about 30 <laughs> minutes. And finally, said, where did Dylan go? And they're like, oh, he's going up and down the escalator. Why? He's never seen one before, and he. I can't well, say anything. I was like twenty before I saw one. Yeah. Eight times is the best day it, ever. And, <laughs> and you don't think about those things when you're back home yeah, or here. Yeah, that he, he never got to just see an right. escalator. Well, you know, this, is, this has been a great conversation as we go through to think about these things. You know, I go back and again, I bring up how old I am. I can still remember, and I still, I still think, I still, I still think of. I'm trying to just so you don't, so you can't. Thank you. Um, <laughs> 
I think as I prepare when I go to my professional meetings now, whether it's for my own professional society or some other group that we're going to, the words of my high school ag teacher still ring in the back of my head about how I'm supposed to prepare to go through and the things that he taught me as I was preparing to go to our state convention. And, which, and it was at a convention center and we did all these kind of things to do that. And so how to, how to dress professionally I think is so important. And I think what I'm hearing us say is... I'm so glad Marshall's not here for he and I. He, Marshall and I have duped out before the professional dress conversation to the point where he like was in a polo and like stuck his chacos up on the table to be like ha ha just because we we got in an argument about professional dress but I, you know i think that's important and what i hear you guys talking about before was the network is important for both students and teachers and you got to got to find a way to do that yeah. to make sure that interaction is happening but it's all about as our job as ag teachers is to set and model the expectations because nobody else is going to do it and that goes for, I mean, maybe more evident at state convention, but it's the things that we, how we carry ourselves back in our home places as when we're taking students to different events. Whether we like it or not, we have to set that example. And, and our students are not going to live up to that expectation unless we're, we're sitting and modeling it for them and telling them this is how it's going to be. And that whole conversation is, yeah, if I'm going to expect my students to be in a tie or a scarf or whatever else, and I'm showing up in a polo shirt, that's probably not good. I probably should set polo. that to that thing thing as well or a t-shirt or whatever else because that was the thing that, what, you know, I tried really hard whenever I was teaching if I had to take my kids to somewhere and they were going to be an official dress I was going to wear a tie and, Jenkins, you and that, right? yeah that's something yeah I was always taught if you're going to have them dress up in yeah. an official dress and be set to that standard I, I same way so and I almost it, it was it was commiseration with them because even if it's during the summer and you're like you're going to be hot in this and, and nothing is sexier and cooler than blue corduroy you know, <laughs> you know, you know, it, it's so smooth. Same thing in Florida, you know, July is what you, what you really want to be wearing is blue corduroy because that's such a cooling thing. But you need to set that example and almost to say, hey, this is what I'm going to expect you to do. I'm going to be living up to that same thing to do and that. that's a plus that camp that I didn't think about, or a plus of the convention center, is you don't have to walk from the Fletcher Center in the heat to the expo. Right. There's AC between the two. So, I mean, yeah. There you go. So I, you know, I think that's that's great, and we need to be thinking about how we can be intentional with. And so you guys brought up a lot of phenomenal points. I, I enjoyed the conversation, and again, as I'm the interloper to come in and do this, and hopefully this was it's not like a conversation you guys have been having before, but whether it's it's here in Arkansas or whatever kind of state, we need to really be thinking about what we're trying to do with our state conventions and really all of our activities that we're trying to do here. So thank you guys for for having this conversation with. It was fantastic. Y'all, I hope you enjoyed it as well. Keep the conversation going online um, through the Facebook page, through Twitter. Put those questions, comments, asking folks about this. Go back and look at you know how theory really applies to this kind of thing, how what we're doing as teachers is setting that kind of an expectation to do that. So for the absent Marshall Baker, this is Kate and Marshall and a gaggle of phenomenal yeah, Arkansas right. teachers. What did I say? I'm Marshall. I'm, I'm not Marshall, am no, I? Not today. Not today. Marshall's absent. I'm I'm Brian, and you're Kate. <laughs> Woo! Still. Still. You want the tea here? I need something. It's been a long day. Um, and, but it's been a phenomenal day here in beautiful Hot Springs, Arkansas. Thank you all very much. We appreciate you guys. Keep doing the great things that you guys are doing, and, and keep fighting the good fight for what you know is right. One of the jobs of an ag teacher is to prepare students for their callings later in life. And for some of our students, that calling Kenmin College, which we all know comes with a pretty hefty price tag. Which is why I want to share with you the Razorback Ag Academy. 
The University of Arkansas created the Razorback Ag Academy through the College of Agricultural, Food, and Life Sciences, specifically for high school ag students like yours. Instead of paying thousands for tuition, your students can enroll in online courses like Intro to Animal Science and Foundations of Agricultural Education for $39. The best part? They can enroll right now as high school students. If you're interested in learning more about offering the University of Arkansas's Razorback Ag Academy to your students, I'd love to talk to you about it. You don't even have to be local. It's all online. Just contact me, Kate Shoulders. My contact info is listed in the details of this podcast. If you want to help your students prepare for their life after graduation, and the University of Arkansas wants to help you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Please visit our webpage for more information on this topic and to learn more about all of our guests. Be sure to follow Owl Pellets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It would also be great for you to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Also, we ask that you please take a moment and comment on our podcast so others can find it as well. So for Kate and Marshall, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellet saying thanks and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers.